Hello and welcome to the Heart Awake podcast. I'm Janessa. It is wonderful to connect with you. And this episode of the podcast is a little different because I'm taking actually a post I put out on Instagram earlier today. And I want to riff on this phrase that came through as I was writing and journaling and and deciphering what to share on um, on social media related to the new moon in Aquarius. This is not an astrology episode. <laughs> if you are interested in learning about the new moon in Aquarius, which is the inspiration for this phrase that I'm going to unpack and riff on, you can find more information on my YouTube channel. I have a whole video devoted to the new moon in Aquarius. And I'll just leave it at that. There, there are goodies there. <laughs> they are available to you. But the phrase I want to dig into that I've been sitting with and digesting and processing over the last 24 hours or so is this idea of calling ourselves into our own greatness. And for whatever reason, this phrase just kept repeating over and over in my head, Janessa, it is time to call yourself into your own greatness. And that's why I offered that on Instagram as a post. What does it look like to call yourself into your own greatness? I shared a little bit on the post about this idea of we can be grateful for our mentors, our teachers, our communities. If you have a practice around ancestors and connecting to your lineage, however you define that for yourself, that gratitude is powerful. That gratitude is also integral to this practice of noticing, observing, and being appreciative for where we come from, right? Because we are created in relationship. I have a teacher, Dewey Freeman, and he teaches gestalt therapy and specifically with horses and actually side story for a whole other day. That's how I met my partner. We were both taking this training with Dewey. And one of the principles of gestalt that, that he talks about in his trainings is this idea of how self is formed in relationship. And so ourselves, our sense of self, it is formed in relationship with those mentors, those teachers, those communities, those friends, those partners, those loved ones, those strangers, with nature around us, with the other beings who are here co-creating and co-experiencing this life together. So we cannot ignore that, right? If we ignore that, then we are limiting the capacity we have to truly be here. And when I say be here, I mean to live our lives moment to moment. So I'm not speaking about getting rid of that gratitude or thinking it's all about you. What I'm speaking to with calling yourself into your own greatness and what it looks like for me to call myself into my own greatness is this idea that we can consume information we can have lived experience. And that remains information unless it is converted into our own version of wisdom. And that is done through our internal processing and through these relationships. But no one is going to activate you around that. No one is going to activate me around that. And I sort of need to call myself 
in a little bit with this because I just made the connection, <laughs> a little poke of humility here for me. I just made the connection, you know, that I, I speak a little colloquially around this idea of activation messages. So let's unpack this, right? Because as part of my Patreon or other offerings I've made, and I, I see this phrasing used often in personal development, self-growth, spiritual communities and conversations, what does it mean to be activated? Another person does not activate you. Another person may be a channel and may offer information, but it is you in the driver's seat of your own experience determining, I believe, take it or leave it, <laughs> this is just how I experience it, in collaboration with our higher selves, our wiser selves, when it is time to activate. And, and to activate something that is already a part of you. This is not a piece or a part of you that is dependent on an external source or comes from any external source. I, I get this image as I'm talking through this is almost like this, gosh, how would I describe this? I see this picture in my head and I'm trying to figure out the language around it. It's almost like this um, board of lights, right? And some of the lights are on, they're like little bulbs. Some of these bulbs are illuminated. And those are the parts of us that we are aware of, that we are in a conscious relationship with. And then on this board, <laughs> it's almost like to this image of like the night sky, like the stars we see. And then in the darkness, there are these bulbs or these stars that are not illuminated yet. These are the parts of us that get activated. They get turned on. And that is something that no one else can own for us, right? Like no one else can come in to my world and my life and be like, oh, Janessa, like now's the time to flip the switch on this one. They may reflect something back to me that's valuable, that's information, but I need to take that information and do something with it, to process it, to integrate it, to embody it. Embodiment is a practice, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> embodiment is not like a one and done. I, I see this theme too play out in social media. And I'm sure, I'm sure I've done this too, right? Like this idea of, um, you know, you, you just get to this point where like you, you get awakened, <laughs> like you become conscious, you become aware Oh God, and don't even get me started on this idea of enlightenment. <laughs> you know, anyone who's out there saying like, I am enlightened. I mean, I don't, I can't speak to their experience, but I'm just saying like, take it for what it's worth, right? Like nobody can validate enlightenment for other people. So it's, it's sort of, I don't know if it's a really productive question around who's enlightened. Personally, what feels more true for me is that we are all these switchboards <laughs> and we're infinite, right? We're, we're these switchboard, switchboards of these bulbs, these, these things, these parts of us that get illuminated. And it's infinite because we are divine, right? There's this part of us that's very individual, that's in this body, that's experiencing this life. And this switchboard is something that connects us to what comes 
in my own belief system and my language around it comes from source, comes from our origination, which is an idea of oneness. And so if, if we are these infinite beings, these infinite energies, infinite consciousness, infinite souls experiencing ourselves through a very finite, like gross form. And when I say gross, I'm not, I'm not referring to disgusting. <laughs> I'm talking like gross form as in like very material, very tangible. These activations are the bridges. These are the bridges that connect these different parts of us. And in one sense, yeah, flip the switch. But to come back to that idea of embodiment and what does it mean to call ourselves into our own greatness is that greatness is not something that is a one-and-done achievement. Greatness is something that we learn to embody in ourselves through practice, through ritual, through humility to say, I don't know, right? Like, I, I'm on a path. I'm on a journey. <laughs> we all are. And we are all constantly evolving and shifting and changing and transforming. And if we can relax into that process, that's how we learn how to trust ourselves. Relaxing into the discovery. Relaxing into the practice. Relaxing into the structures that we create in our lives that help us turn on. I used to, I don't know if I'll ever go back to this phrasing, but I'm just thinking about how on my website and on my social media, I used to have this phrase, you know, how, like, what does it look like to live a life that's turned on mind, body, heart, and soul to be turned on? And maybe the reason why I gravitated away from that or, or felt... I don't know. Who knows if I'll go back to it in the future. But I'm just reflecting on that and contemplating this, this tension around, yeah, if, if we feel like we get turned on by something, by our work in the world, the relationships we have, meaning we have access to a level of vitality and energy and life force, that that's the turn on. Um, there can sometimes be this veiled judgment against when we're turned off. But we understand our turn on by understanding also what turns us off. And I'm not going to get into sex and sexuality. <laughs> but I will just say, maybe as a little teaser, like down the road, I'll do a whole podcast on this. <laughs> but I have found <laughs> that relationship with our sexual energy, which is ultimately our creative energy, provides a really powerful inquiry opportunity for us around our relationship with just our life force and our creativity and what we're here to do and build, right? Like, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> That's like, I'm thinking my mind is going down that path and I'm like, whoa, rating in mind, like we, we got to stay on track for this episode. Um. But to come back to that idea of calling ourselves into our own greatness and that activation, do we have the humility to say, I sometimes, quote unquote, get it wrong? 
whatever the fuck that means, right? Because <laughs> from one perspective, it's not wrong. From one perspective, it's it's not like a mistake by any means. But when we do turn to these external sources and we place our sense of esteem and worthiness on them, we are giving our power away. And like I said, this is different than acknowledging reciprocal relationship with these external sources. Because we can take this to an extreme. We can take this to the extreme of if I'm going to call myself into my own greatness, then I'm going to do it alone, right? It's that sort of uh, lone wolf mentality, <laughs> which not going to lie, like I have dabbled with a time or two in my life. <laughs> like, just leave me alone. I will figure it out. <laughs> I don't need support. I don't need anything. Like, let me just go over and try to flip the fucking switch myself. <laughs> oh, gosh. But that's also against our nature. At least this is my experience. When we go against that nature of relationship, if we come back to the idea of how we are formed in relationship, it's a little bit of an illusion that we're trying to hide in when we say, oh, the external world doesn't matter at all. I've got it all under wraps. I have it all under control. Hmm. Yeah, I feel something else coming through around this because I was just thinking about this post I saw on social media and I won't name name names because it doesn't it doesn't matter who it came from um but it's something that I've 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 tried to unpack a lot over the years and I've also struggled with at times and it's specifically related to astrology although you can apply this to a lot of other concepts in our lives but it was this post where someone was talking about how oh you know um why are you scared of Mercury retrograde? Like you have the control and you have the power in you to make anything work for you. <laughs> and I've struggled with this as an astrologer, as a student of astrology, as someone who is passionate about working with archetypes and energy as a way to activate <laughs> these parts of us that want to come online and want to live out through us and with us. That's a question I've had, right? What if, what, what if this is um, all within my control? But here's, here's the thing that, that this, this creates, right? If we say, well, nothing in the external world matters, no influences, no impact. And we put ourselves on that path of trying to push and create from that place of nothing can touch me, right? I don't care about Mercury retrograde. I don't care about my trauma. I don't care about, you know, the fact that my parents are going through a divorce or I don't care about my own divorce or I don't care, like fill in the blank. Then when our human selves start to show up, which inevitably they do <laughs> because we are human, meaning our gritty bits, our difficult bits, right? The parts of us that maybe we're like, I wish that weren't here. Like <laughs> I could do without that. <laughs> then 
we are so much more likely, I think, to end up in a spiral of shame and judgment because it really puts it on us then. Well, if if none of this matters, then, um, you know, there just must be something wrong with you if it's not working out. This is a tricky topic, right? There's so many layers to this because that's one extreme. I mean, the other extreme is to fall into just deep victimhood. And that's also a whole other episode to talk about that, right? But like, how do we walk? How do we move through? How do we navigate this middle path that says these relationships, these influences are real? And for the ones where they are reciprocal and they are healthy and they are supportive and they are constructive, how to be in appreciation for them, for that teacher, for that mentor, for that community, for that concept, that idea, that practice. And to always come back to this knowing and this recognition inside that I activate myself, that you activate yourself. That's a true sense of sovereignty, right? That choice that becomes available to say, you know what? I'm looking at this switchboard. <laughs> I don't know why that analogy came through, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm ready. Yeah, higher self, wiser self, intuition, however you want to frame it. I think I'm ready to flip that switch. Sounds good. Let me practice that. Let me practice that. The other piece that I want to talk about that uh, talk about related to this, which is so important, is. When we are calling ourselves into our own greatness, when we are activating ourselves based on these relationships we have with the external world and the things around us and the influences that we encounter on a daily basis, we also need to be very honest and transparent around where we are in that journey. I sigh because <laughs> I'm thinking about a particular person that I consider, um, you know, I really respect their work. I, I respect their writing and their speaking and what they put out in the world. Um, it's been very impactful for me over the last year or so. Um, and I've had this tension around something that they talk about a lot, which is the idea that oh, you, you can just like bypass levels, right? You can bypass levels in your business. You can bypass levels in your relationships. You can bypass by just embodying and becoming the thing. From one perspective, I agree with that in the sense that uh, change and transformation can work very quickly, right? When, when we are in a place where we are open to that and we, we are resourced, we have the support internally, our own sense of truth and foundation. And we also have the support externally in various ways. Like, yeah, like we, we can, we can make pretty big leaps and bounds for sure. But what I'm trying to get at here that I think is a nuance that I think is something to also unpack with that idea is we need the direct experience in order to fuel that process. I'll give an example. Oh, this feels a little sticky. 
because it's from my own life. <laughs> but let's do it. <laughs> I'll be candid. You know, years and years ago, I I did my first yoga teacher training. Oh, yeah, this feels let's do this. Let's do this. I'm ready for this. Okay, <clears throat> buckle up. <laughs> Vulnerability. Here we go. A few years ago, I did my first yoga teacher training. And coming out of that training, I started teaching classes. One of those classes was a like a body positivity themed class. Okay. Which I think is beautiful. I, I think that that is, um, there's a space and a need for that. And as part of that class, I had this structure where we would open up and we'd allow people to speak about their experience around their bodies. Again, there's there was a need for that. Like people came to that <laughs> in that class with me. And behind the scenes, although not it's not like it was hidden, I was I was fairly um, open about my own experience. That was also a point in my life when I was in just major struggle and difficulty and like the throes of my eating disorder and my own body dysmorphia and my own struggles around food, movement, body, self-worth, all the things, right? I did not have, although my intention was there and it was from my heart, I did not have the direct experience at that point in my journey to be able to facilitate that kind of opening and those kinds of conversations. And I think that the more honest we can be with ourselves and with each other around how we still may need some additional experience, the more we can actually meet each other where we're at, you know? Um, and I look back at that experience and the reason why it creates a little bit of a rub for me is because there's, there's some, you know, maybe some guilt that comes up and guilt is different than shame. I mean, guilt in that if I had known what I knew now, I would have approached that very differently. Right. Um, but that's, that's what I'm trying to get to is this idea that, that, we need to create from our truth and create from our hearts. I mean, my heart was in that work. <laughs> that work meant something very deep to me because partly because I was going through my own struggle. And we also need to be honest around our capacity in that moment to hold that space. So calling ourselves into our own greatness is, is this dance between where we are right now and our transparency with ourselves around that and being very clear about, okay, I, I am the creator here. <laughs> like I am creating my life. I am my own activator in my life. How do I do that in a way that honors my values and honors where I'm at? I mean, that, that's like a whole other layer to that sense of sovereignty, that honesty, 
with what is really real in this moment. It's not just about running forward and waving this flag of like, I've got it all figured out. (laughs) Because you probably don't. I probably don't. And that's, that's okay. That's okay. Right? You can flip the switch. Flip that switch. Activate that light for you. And get into the practice of really embodying what that is. And come out of that process knowing that your greatness is built through that direct experience. Your greatness is not the destination that happens when you're like, oh, well, now I'm at a point where like I have a podcast or I have XYZ on my resume or I have this kind of job now or this kind of relationship now. And your greatness is already alive inside you and it is strengthened. It's strengthened by really committing to your process. So I think I'll wrap this up now. That was a lot. (laughs) Oh, that was a lot. We covered a lot of ground. And I felt like it was a little all over the place. But I'm just trusting more and more these days that, like, the magic is in the ramble. Just let the ramble happen. (laughs) And if there was something in this episode that resonated with you, thank you so much for being here, for connecting. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating, positive comment, share with a friend, all the things. If you are interested in doing a session with me with astrology or Looking at the courses I have, you can find more information on my website, janessanickel.com. What else? Oh, my Patreon is live. Yay. I have to remind myself to mention that. So my Patreon is live and it includes a few tiers and so many goodies, including classes, live streams, sessions with me, activation messages. for you to potentially activate yourself around something. I'm simply the channel allowing some things through uh, for your consideration. But all of that is there at patreon.com slash Janessa Nickel. You can also find a link to it on my website. Thank you so much for being here again. I'm sending you a huge energetic hug. And until we connect again, take care.